I'm happy to be here. I hope you are happy to be here. Um, yeah, if you're visiting us for the first time, before I ask you to just lift your hand for us to acknowledge you, I just want to say these few things. One is that Churches must not recruit people. People must be where God wants them to be because the Bible tells us he, for, he foreordained the times and the places where we shall be so that we can seek him. How Amen. So that's number one. Number two is that for us as a local church, our vision, everything we aspire for, is that we may intimately so know Jesus Christ and passionately make him known. Which means if we overemphasize something above Jesus, we are deviating from our intentions. So, if for some reason you get the impression that we are emphasizing something more than Jesus, you are free not to come back again. Are you there? But nonetheless, we are happy who are oriented. Amen? So if you are here, we are today. I want you to just lift up your hand where you are. We just want to say welcome to you. And if there's anything that we need to tell you is that Jesus loves you. If you forget every other thing that I say is that Jesus loves you is the most important. Amen. So we, we are continuing with our series that we started last week. Amen. You know what Elvis said to me last week? He says, finally, you decided to do the series. Um, <clears throat> I told you why I didn't do the series for all these years. Um, when you read in the book of Acts, it says this. It says, and they preached resurrection in the name of Jesus. There is no point overemphasizing any topic that does not point to Jesus or it's preached in his name. Amen. So this week and the next weeks, we are talking about giving in the name of Jesus. Amen. And if you were not here last week, go and revise what we said. It, I, it's on Facebook. It's on YouTube, right? So you can go and listen. The idea is for you to be free to give or not to give in the church. You understand that, what I'm saying? Because you are moved by the Lord himself. Not because you are manipulated by the pastor. 
Not because you are under coercion. Next week we will come into those things. So this week I want to kick off by reading some. I had really planned to send forth the notes to the media team. But yeah, it was a hectic night for us yesterday. So yeah, but the notes will be there. We're talking about giving in the name of. So here's what I want us to understand as a point of departure. It is a great delusion and deception of Christian leadership to think that when we have managed to influence people to do what is expected of them, we have achieved a significant feat with their lives. You have not really achieved anything when you have made people do what is expected of them. Let me put it this way. The word of God expects people to behave in a certain way. Where now you can influence them to behave in that particular way. But the truth is, when anyone has behaved the right way, without Jesus being the motivation, without the love of God compelling them to behave that way, without faith and without the leading of the Holy Spirit, they are act altogether is in vain hamu tsaetsa ntwene pahetseng a sa susumetse ke moyo halalelang ko rata morana jesu le le ratola mopilonya hai le tumelo motho o o entse nthotseo tsene pahetseng le fela gongo wenzele izenje you did the right thing but remember last week we showed you the bible says anything Done without what? Faith is what? Is sin. Why? Because it without faith it is impossible to please God. So we must not coerce people into action. We must coerce or influence people into a meaningful relationship that will influence them into the right actions. Therefore, the church must not receive offerings from any and every person. What lesson do you see why I didn't want to start on this? For the sake of the church and for the sake of the giver, the church must not just receive money from anyone. The church must receive offerings from hearts that are righteous, willing, and grudging, that are cheerful, that seek to glorify God, not impress men. Because money has a spirit to it. You remember the sin of Achan? It was a hoarding, a, 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 there's this English, I don't know if you know it, a thieving. You don't know that English. You don't, you don't listen to Nigerians. 
there's a spirit of hoarding and stickums to bring money into the church. And the church just receives, 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 receives. No, don't just receive offerings from any and every person. Because what you receive, you receive with the spirit that it comes with. That is why we don't want you to be coerced to give. Because God does not need your money. You need his blessings on your money. But God cannot bless your offering when your offering is like Cain's. Remember last week? God regards the giver and the gift. Murimu ufari mehela. Ya nehelang. Limu nehelo wahai. That is why God has in the Bible so many times rejected the offerings of the people to the extent that in Leviticus chapter 10, the sons of Aaron, Nadab and Abihu, the Bible says they filled their censers and they offered a profaned fire before the Lord. They were qualified as priests to make an offering to God. But the offering itself was profane. And the Bible says fire came from heaven and consumed them. Why? Because God did not just consider the giver. He considered both the giver and the gift. So we receive monies from people who hate God, from people that are begrudged to give. We are receiving money from people who think they do us a favor. Shouldn't receive money from such people. They bring a contrary spirit in their giving. That is why if you have a contrary spirit in your giving, Keep your simple. Are you there, Saint? Ah, we are not even halfway there. Okay, so let's just read the few things that we read. We have so much to try and get through today. True genuine giving is founded on the fact of our freedom in Christ. I hope you read Romans 14 and 1 Corinthians 10. That was the homework last week. Go and read them. They tell you about our freedom in God to do things because we love him, not because others say so. It was for freedom that Christ set us free. The actions of a believer, whatever they may be, in a quest to honor and glorify God, must stem from a deep understanding and appreciation that he that the Son sets free is free indeed. No, you are free. Eh? Who remember that? You don't know that. You don't know that. Come on, Andy, you should know that. Yeah, Andy knows that. We are not just set free from sin and death, but we are also set free from the expectations and domination 
put upon us by others and if our actions are not induced by faith you are free from sin ulukuluile sebeng ager empa ulukuluile le ditebelo ntsa batho ba bangwetsa nthotse le ru wena o dietse ka o rata akmelang wenzinto abantu abathi no melwenze so why because you should me yes no you have to do it because when in your relationship with god you are convicted that i glorify my god as i do this god's glory faith love and living in the light are the primary motivations in a believer's life we do things because we are the children of the light and because we are free in Christ listen to let's go to first Thessalonians chapter 1 verse 3 that's where i'm trusting that we can just make headway from today first Thessalonians let's take it from 2 but we want it says we give thanks to god always for you all making mention of you in our prayers remembering without ceasing your work produced by what your labor of love and patience so the bible says remembering without ceasing your work of what of faith labor of what In other words it would seem from what we read and what we are reading now the apostle is incisively saying I want to describe what we appreciate about your actions we don't so much appreciate that you are giving we don't appreciate that you are helping the saints say we appreciate the motivation from where your actions come from ke thabela hore le etsa dintho e se go bane le people don't give in churches like i told you last week as a church we have lots of millionaires most by faith marijuana ba bang they are not getting there because they can't even manage generosity with 500 how is god going to trust you with 5 million when you can't part with 500 so most people then come they give begrudgingly because they were taught giving by the world but wa ngata ba ruta ona hela ke when we give we give so that the pastors can have salaries yes and no but it doesn't matter even if you don't give we'll still get salaries we are not employed by you langut like era bam dim kuri age ke batla ge di hlakise thotse we don't depend on your man with or without you god will provide god is using you as a channel for your own benefit but he doesn't need you to take care of his own silver and gold belongs to god 
You were free to do. So why are you complaining? You don't have to complain. Just keep it. Because it's rightfully yours. And nobody's fighting you for it. Not even God. Are you there? So now Paul says, we celebrate all your actions that are prompted by faith and love. Not because you're going to stand foundation. We won't even say that. Your giving is between you and God and what God has done in your heart. Are you there, saint? If you come to us and you say, Muruti, I want to give five million. You know what I'm going to say? Blessed are you, my brother. Thank you. We appreciate it. When I stand before the church, Bazan, we thank you. We have five million now we can. I won't even mention your name. If you have issues with that, then you have heart problem. That is why we are not progressing because money is not our problem. Heart is. I don't get where I'm going. No, no, no. I'm, I'm not going to get where I had hoped to get. I thought that these notes were too few. And yeah, she did say that tomorrow you'll have other things. Okay, let me just try and read this. It was not pulpit persuasion or the charisma of their leaders that encouraged the Thessalonian church to give. Rather, it was their unwavering faith in the attributes and goodness of Christ. The love that was poured in their hearts was consistently flowing towards God and towards others. Along with their undying hope in him. If you are to do anything in the name of the Lord, you must first be freed from the bondage of motivations that are outside the direct pleasure and glory of Christ in your actions. Your actions must fully resonate with your clear conscience that despite perhaps faltering, you were only trying to please God. How is that into? Ube free, ne? You understand that type of thing? Because we will make mistakes, isn't it? But have a clear conscience that what I did, I wanted to please God. This inclination of the heart to please God is in fact a very tough road to travel. Our natural disposition is to receive pleasure ourselves from our actions. The, the irony, however, is that there is no greater pleasure we can find beyond obedience to God and living for his pleasure. 
ho phelela ho thabisa modimo ho thatha because rona re batla ho ithabisa nthontse re dietsa because naturally you know when you do good things you feel good so that becomes our motivation that's why lao file mo to dieta ntso di shebo bo mo shebo look how nice you look because but you don't understand the greatest pleasure in surrender to god people as privileged to receive from us rather as us privileged to be able to give emela the day you can give you'll realize how beautiful it is to give are you there saints when we have acted in obedience to God for the welfare of others, we attain greater satisfaction and meaning in life. We grow in favor with God and men and consequently become pleased with our lives. See, you still get what you wanted. Along with our pleasure, we are constantly pressured to impress other people who seldom have God's intentions for us. The enemy also attacks our minds with self-centered ideas. If I give, I will lack. That's a self-centered idea. You are playing into self-preservation. So last week we spoke about Whatever you do in Colossians, again, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to the Father. And then we read 1 Corinthians 10, 31 to 33. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Do not cause anyone to stumble, whether Jews, Greeks, or the church of God. Amen. Looks like I might get there. So we gave you questions last week. Remember, I'm going to repeat them because we are going to use these questions all throughout. These questions are interpretive questions. They are hermeneutical questions. We're giving you these questions so that by the time you decide to give, you don't do it because we said so, right? But two, we give you so that you can critique what pastors are saying about giving. You understand? So that you are free to say, I checked this thing for myself. Because part of the reason I didn't do the series, I told you, is because sometimes when I listen what is being said in the church about giving, I disagree. But I don't necessarily want to come and say, because nobody's going to die from that. So we are going to try and help you correct some things for yourself. Ne? So that in the future, when it's taught, knowledge does not puff you and I. We don't say, Ay, no, 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 that's not. We say, okay, that's correct for as long as the motivation of the heart is right. You know, sometimes in math, you can get the right answer using the wrong method. That's what sometimes happens in the church. So, 
I'm repeating the questions for those who were not here and for the benefit of what we want to do. And then we'll take it from there. Eight questions. There are ten questions. I only gave you eight because the other two are topics on their own that we will cover as we go. When you encounter any offering in the Bible, how these are the questions you must ask. Number one, has God instructed that giving? Remember that. Number two, did God recognize that offering, that giving? We made those examples you saw last week again. Number three, what were the ramifications or the consequences of that offering? Number four, what were the reasons for that offering? Number five, did Jesus make any pronouncements on that offering? Did Jesus teach about it? Did he comment about it? What did Jesus say about that offering? Did the apostles teach on it or make any pronouncements about it? The reason we are asking that is because we want to ask this question. Was this offering meant to be a doctrine for the church? So sometimes we teach what we feel is good for us. And then, did the early church practice that form of giving? Did the early church... Number eight, we said, did God expressly forbid it? And the last two, we will engage with them as we continue. Number one is that in what material form was the offering made? What was the object? What was the, what was the substance of the offering? You know that's very important. Because we need to ask, are we only supposed to give money? next week. What is this church going to do? Yeah, because you have not processed what are other forms of giving? How should they be distributed? How should they be handled? Are you there, saints? And what was the source of the offering? In other words, where did the giver get that offering from? Remember? Let's just revise if you were here last week. Quick, a quick revision. We spoke about Cain and Abel, right? And we spoke about Anania and Barnabas. Let's just stick with Cain and Abel for now. Number one, we said, the Bible says, in the course of time, Cain brought an offering to the Lord, and so did Abel. Again, what was Cain's occupation? What was his job? He was a keeper, a tiller of the land, right? 
What was Abel's occupation? What? Livestock. So, few things that we must apply interpretation already to. I'm just ex extending the exercise so that when we get into other things, you are on the same page. The occupation was the source, right? So, one got his offering from his job, which was what? Keeping the flock. Another one, tilling the ground, right? So, that question is answered. Was the were the offerings instructed? We don't seem to be give, given an idea. So the answer is no. Did God recognize it? Yes. Were there ramifications? Yes. What were the reasons? We don't know yet. Did Jesus teach about it? Did the apostles come to, will come to that? But are you following the logic? So, Based on that, today I want to introduce briefly, before we do an exercise and I sit down, because clearly I have not managed to get what I want to get. What are the types of giving and offerings in the Bible? There are many. I've only chosen to use the ones that churches still practice today. So the reason I'm telling you this is because you have to ask yourself, why are churches doing this? And then you go and you use the 10 questions to evaluate whether that thing is applicable or not. Are you there, saints? Remember we said, in interpreting the Bible holistically, we look at, we can divide it into many categories pre-flood, post-flood, and so on and so on. But for now, let's just divide it into three. Before the law, during the law, and after the law. Other things I have, there are other categories. But for now, let's use those ones. Is everyone happy? So, reinterpret the whole thing. Pil humulao, nakonyamulao, lekamura, mulao. Kamura mulao, ribulela, nakonyakerek, during the church age. Are you there? So let's just go through these offerings quickly. Number one, there was free will offering. Ne? Where individuals deciding on their own give offerings to God or others for the reason of their own volition. But So it would seem Cain and Abel Lebanon gave a free will offering. Are you there? Free will offering. Number two, thanksgiving. Offering to God specifically in gratitude for what God has done. I can stop if you are done. <laughs> Thanks giving, right? For what God has done. That is why Abanya they still give You understand? It's not Zulus because I said it in Zulu. But Dimu most of the time, barricades are mukiti waing, watebu. Are you there? There were ceremonial offerings. These were sin offerings and other offerings that were done through the priests. You remember those? Then there were tithes. Then there were first fruit. Are you still there? 
free will offering, thanksgiving, ceremonial offerings, tithe, first fruit. And then there was benevolence giving. Benevolence giving means giving out of kindness towards the needy. Now, let me separate the two. Benevolence giving and alms giving are not the same. They sound the same, but they are not. We are Benevolence, benevolence means kindness, basically. Ne? Alms, not arms. A L M S. Alms. Benevolence is giving out of the kindness of your heart towards others. It may mostly be the needy, but not necessarily the poor. So, if you just figure, and you give him, that's a benevolence giving. You understand? You understand what benevolence is? But almsgiving is giving specifically to the poor. You understand the difference? Okay. So, people have practiced that. Where am I? Am I? Then there was humanitarian giving. You will see it in the book of Acts. Where it is specifically given in larger scale, where there is a crisis intervention. When there was a drought, the church gave. You remember that? Okay, we're going to come. Then there was apostolic, prophetic, or missional giving. This is offering made to individuals, teams or work done for by specific people in specific ministries or offices. You know the verse that says he who gives the prophet receives what? A prophet reward. What did Paul say? My God shall supply all your needs. Why? Because you gave to me. Are you following? So that's apostolic, prophetic and missionary. Then there is ministerial wages. You know, the Levites were being paid by what was given, via tithes and so on and so forth. And then the Bible says, a worker deserves what? His wages. It says, let the elders who rule well be counted worthy of double honor. My time is finished. Then there was building fund. You know, there was building fund in the Bible. You know that? People gave towards building. Okay. As long as you are sure. Then there were memorial offerings. Memorial offerings are either given when God has given people victory. Or, you know, the Ebenezer type of thing. I set this altar here in memory of what God has done. It's not necessarily the same as Thanksgiving. Memorial set a memorial site. As well. Are you there, Saint? Okay. You are draining me. I don't know whether you are taking notes. Yeah, but like, maybe I should stop, really. Then this, uh, this one is just my own term. Most of these are, are my own terms, trying to explain to you what I'm saying. There's suspensive transactional giving. Sounds complicated. It's not. Suspensive means on condition of. If a particular condition is fulfilled, 
then I will give. You understand? Let me give an example. Some of you have made suspensive offerings which you have not given yet. What is there? It is a suspensive condition. I will only give or I will manage to give if and when. You understand? That's what happens with uh, if you go and read the, 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 uh, in Genesis about Jacob. Jacob, when he was at Bethel, he says, if God can take me safely on this journey, be with me and bring, back, bring me back, I will give him a tenth. You understand? It's like you. If God gives me a car, I will what? I will fetch the goggles. I will do this. I will do this. Ah, okay. Then God gives you the car. Are you the saints? We've covered arms. Okay, let's just take a simple example and then we'll sit down. Let's go to Thank you, Lord. I didn't finish, but I thank you. I hope everyone understands where we are now. Let's read in Genesis chapter 22. We're going to do two of the examples, but we're not going to do them. Okay, let's, let's just... Uh, you know the story, okay? Of Abraham and Isaac. Okay? So I'm just going to... Uh, just highlight and remind us what happens. God comes to Abraham, he says, take your son, your only son whom you love and go to the mountain, that I will show you, Mount Moriah, and make him a what? A bent offering day. Early the next morning, Abraham woke up, did as the Lord said, took his son, Along the way, when they were near to the place, he said to his servant, stay here with the rest of the donkeys. My son and I will go and worship the Lord and we will come back. Right? And the Bible says when they are there, he tied him, he put the wood and tied him and he took out the knife and he was about to kill him. And the angel of the Lord spoke to him, Abraham, Abraham. See, I remember those movies. You, you, don't, you didn't watch those movies. Those Bible movies. I don't know how old I was. Abraham, Abraham. And then in the thicket, he sees a ram caught and he makes the sacrifice, right? So, let's just get to this idea. Was Abraham instructed by God? He sure. Did God recognize the offering? You don't sound sure. He did. He says, now I know that you fear God. For you have not withheld your son. I get it. And then, 
What's the next question we want to answer before we sit down? What were the ramifications? God said he will continue in covenant with him because the man fears him. Again, what's the next question? What was the reason? What did God say? Go and make a what? A burnt offering. Did Jesus teach on it? You're not sure? Did the writers of the New Testament teach on it? Are you sure? Where? In Hebrews chapter 11. So let's read there. Can we read there and stop? Okay. The, my, my leader says we can read. So let's just read there quickly. Hebrews chapter 11. Let's read verse 17. It says, By. We're reading Hebrews 11 from verse 17 to 19. Eh? Are you getting something, Bazalan? That's the challenge with Cirrhosis. Because sometimes it's just vegetable session. And people are looking for dessert. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 11, verse 17. How does it start in your Bible? By what? Surely by now you have to see this thing. Nobody should give for any other reason than by faith and to glorify God. Are we there? By faith, Abraham, when tested, as the, you, you, you get the reason? Offered up Isaac. And he who had received the promise offered up his only begotten son. 18. Of whom it was said, in Isaac your seed shall be called. 19. Concluding that God was able. I was alone. Offering should not be done without that conclusion. Concluding that if I give, God is able to bless me back. Concluding that if I honor him, he says, concluding that God was able to raise him up, even from the dead, from which he also received him, in a figurative sense. Let's stand up. Thank you for indulging us this morning. You good? Is something getting clearer? Therefore, in my giving, you know how beautiful it is when we sing, Abraham, blessings are mine. Abraham, blessings are mine. Abraham, blessings are mine. Abraham. Jala Ugla, the deception has a reveal. I'm blessed going in. I'm blessed going out. But you are not convicted. That by faith, whatever I give to God, I'm not losing. 
you consistently and constantly offend God by giving him things grudgingly. You offend God. God wants you to be convinced that when I give, I bring him pleasure. And when I do, he'll bless me in return. So let's not offend God. Even if you are going to give for today, if you are not convinced that God is able to increase your bonds, don't give. Be free. Go home with your money. So that God can turn your heart away from idolatry towards him. Then you can come with your offering as worship next time. Shall I pray for us? Heavenly Father, today was a tough one. I think, Lord, is, I'm convinced it's because they were writing notes. Their faces were not encouraging. But, Lord, we are your children. Every one of us, we want to please you, Lord. We don't want to offend you in our actions. Like the Thessalonian church, we want our actions to be prompted by faith, produced by love, Lord. We don't want you to speak to us like you spoke to Israel of old. Can your governor receive from you the things you are giving me? If I am your father, where is my honor? Whatever our convictions about giving is at this moment, if we choose to give, Lord, may we do so with a heart that wants to honor the Father. And I want to pray, if there is anyone amongst us who does know Jesus as Lord and Savior, if you are here, want to just lift your hand where you are so that we can pray with you. If you are here, you say, I want to be saved. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, continue to convict us that we may see all our possessions as tools. Lord, we do not worship our possessions. Money is, too, is a tool. Cars are tools. Houses are tools. Clothes. All these things are passing with time. But a man who brings you pleasure and glory will receive eternal reward. Help us to be those who do that in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's give God a hand of praise. Thank you, Marut.